Andres Segovia Show. Hey everyone and welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. I am your host Andres Segovia and in this episode of the program, chalk it up to another local vocal reacts for this installment series I suppose. Although I feel I'm going to have to call something else at the end of this video, but it depends on how my reaction goes. Before we get into it, this is where you'll be able to digest my show as of today because now I'm on more platforms. I'm on Verbal, I'm on SoundCloud, and I'm even on Player FM. So those are the latest podcast distributors that you can find my show on. So if your favorite podcast catcher is around here or not even on this list, then maybe I should look into getting on that list. By all means, drop a note below if you're watching this on YouTube. And for those of you watching my website, www.djustagovia.com, thank you so much. But I mentioned that you're probably watching on YouTube. You can also digest my entire show on Odyssey if you so like, formerly known as Library, I think. And I'm also on Rumble since late last year. Not all my episodes are there. They won't be, but my newer episodes as of December are there for your entertainment. So without further ado, I want to dive into this video, which is from CNBC titled, What's Driving the California's Mass Exodus? Come on, anybody that knows me knew I would have to react to this. So I wanna dive into this one and let's find out what this thing's really all about. It's been called the anti-California dream, the tech exodus, the great migration. Between 2008 and 2019, 18,000 companies have left California for more tax and regulatory friendly states. Don, we're talking about Elon Musk moving from California to Texas. Oracle saying they are changing their corporate headquarters from Redwood Shores, California to Austin, Texas. And while it may be an overstatement to say California is hemorrhaging people, some of California's wealthiest residents like Elon Musk are leaving too. California has to realize that eventually all of the anti-business laws and regulations they passed were gonna catch up with them. So for those of you that watch my series on Local Broker Reacts might find this a little bit familiar to, I believe it's Electric Infected's uh, video about reasons people are leaving uh, California. So it might seem like it's treading similar ground, but I think this one's discussing a more updated and more thoroughness to um, this mass exodus thing. At least that's my first impression so far. Erica Douglas was an early part of the exodus. She moved her SEO software company, Woosh Traffic, and her employees to Austin six years ago. I can remember writing one check to the state of California for one year, and it was like $24,000 for a year. And that was just income tax to the state. That was not federal tax. The state's population and job growth have both slowed to a trickle. Census data shows more than 650,000 people left in 2019 after seven years in a row where departures were on the rise. In I want you to pay attention to that. The number dropped and that was before the pandemic. So those are the latest numbers that are available as of January 23rd, 2021, when this uh, CNBC, uh, I guess, video article uh, was, was made. So. I'm interested in seeing how 2020 went down because yes, the pandemic did have a big impact on jobs overall. We knew that that happened throughout the country, 
but the draconian measures by Gavin Newsom only made it worse and those that were able to were mass leaving here which I don't know if they're going to cover that on this on, on this video but let's keep watching in fact, California has lost more people to other states than it's gained for much of the last two decades. And with the rise of remote work in 2020 adding extra flexibility, over 135,000 more people left California than moved here, the third largest net migration loss ever recorded. Okay. Yeah, that's an updated figure that I haven't seen. I'm glad they posted this year. 2020 was a census year also. So, of course, that has a lot of ramifications. Um, we're still waiting on the update as to what it'll entirely be in terms of impact to California. Is California going to lose um, a seat in the House of Representatives uh, for its delegation? That is yet to be seen. Um, because that's one of the big impacts it would have based on how many people are actually leaving here. But it's the first time in the census in at least 10 years that it didn't gain a seat. California did not gain a seat in, 10, uh, in 2010, and more people have left since then. So it's based on population when it comes to how many uh, House Representative seats are designated to a state. So um, we're still waiting on an update about that. As we lose really successful businesses such as Oracle and Hewlett Packard, that changes how many high paid jobs we're going to have. Changes really the whole nature of the state. It changes how many tax dollars go into Sacramento, how many tax dollars fund our schools, whether there's money left over to repair roads and bridges. It's really a huge problem in the that the state is facing. We asked the experts and those leaving, what's behind this trend? Can anything be done to reverse it? Or is this a true shift for business in California as we know it? That's a good intro. And I hope that this actually um, tries to get to the root of the issues. For a century and a half, California was in an almost constant state of growth with booming business and expanding population. There's something magic in California. The culture just seamlessly and consistently moves towards what's next with new ideas. California's gold rush that started in 1848 led to one of the largest migrations in U.S. history, with hundreds of thousands coming from across the country and the world. The population explosion qualified California for statehood in 1850, just a few years after it was ceded by Mexico. California was an economic powerhouse by the end of the century, home to iconic brands like Wells Fargo and Levi Strauss. Scientists and researchers started flocking to the Bay Area in the early 1900s, when San Francisco's port and nearby Moffett Field made the area a major hub for early telegraph, radio, and aerospace industries. Stanford University, founded in 1885, led the way in encouraging students to commercialize their ideas, leading two graduate students to start what many consider the first Silicon Valley startup in 1939, Hewlett-Packard. California has been the leading indicator in software, digital technology, modern mobility, the environment, the space industry, and is the front door between the United States of America and the Pacific Rim and the Asian markets. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. Um, if I didn't mention it in this episode, I mentioned it before. California is its own industry. Uh, we are connected to the world over, attracting buyers from all over the world. We have uh, tourist attractions that are man-made, and we have natural tourist attractions, such as our national parks and beaches. So there's a lot to go for here, not to mention all the seaports from San Diego to Los Angeles to San Francisco and everything else in between. So there's a, there's a lot here, very diverse. You can be in the ocean the city, the mountains, and the desert all in one day. 
So uh, it's California, it's, like I said, it's very, very diverse compared to everything else, which is why it's so attractive. What's made it ugly uh, has been its mismanagement from the top on down at the government level, even to the municipal level in some places. So watching our state fumble and stumble is not just something that's a California issue. It is a national and global issue. California's economy has grown to the fifth largest in the world. It has fifth largest in the world. Let that sink in. California alone. So California makes up how much of the United States uh, overall? You know, it, it, when you look at it, it actually might just, wow, divided among 50 states. That's how much California alone is worth. Had $65.6 billion in VC investment in 2019, by far the highest of any state. All that venture capital is concentrated in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. But once those businesses do get a cash infusion from venture capital and get on their feet and become successful, then the advantage of being in California and Silicon Valley is much less. And that's when we see them leaving. For the longest time, you wanted to run in those circles. If you were in tech, you needed to be able to run into other people in tech and have that, you know, that, that brain there in one place. Increasingly, I think HP and others are sending the signal in a much more remote work-oriented environment where we have the tech, and we've also had this forced experiment in remote work that basically succeeded, that Silicon Valley is wherever you want to be. HP. Uh, before we get into the who's leaving now, I can tell you that um, after the market crash, uh, the mortgage crisis 2008, that uh, there was a lot of consolidation going on with banks. I don't know if they're gonna cover it here uh, because it's not really talking about that, so to speak. But during that time, as uh, a lot of financial institutions were basically being bought out because they were belly up with the whole mortgage crisis, uh, a lot of them were uh, relocating to uh, Texas, uh, particularly Dallas and Austin. And when I visited there around 2010, um, it, Plano, Texas, for example, in the outskirts of Dallas, I would say about 30 miles out. It, what it was then to what it is now, it's it's insane. Um, so I was there to to see some of these skyscrapers be built, and eventually become the home for a lot of these uh, businesses that have ultimately left. Because at first it started with those that could, such as the consolidation of these financial institutions, and ultimately these these blue chip companies that later on down the road started leaving because it just started becoming too much to to handle here in California. Um, and yeah, so. Let's see what else they say. Let's see here. Who's leaving now? P is moving its enterprise division headquarters to Houston, and many others are following. Oracle, founded in the 70s alongside Apple and Atari, announced in December that it's relocated its headquarters to Austin. Palantir is relocating to Denver. Elon Musk moved from Los Angeles to Austin, where Tesla's building its next gigafactory. What really is surprising is the really major big companies that have put down roots here are the ones they're leaving. The mom and pops are going as well, but when they leave, they take 20 workers or 30 workers with them. They're not taking thousands of workers with them, and they're not taking Elon Musk. Other major companies that have moved their headquarters out of California in recent years include Toyota, Charles Schwab, Nestle, and Jamba Juice. A 2018 study found that 1,800 companies left in 2016 alone, relocating mostly to Texas, followed by Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. This has been a trend for a while but it's accelerated now. We have high taxes, high housing costs. Cost of living in California is about 50% higher than the median state. 
public services are not being delivered. So we've never really had that all of that combination occurring uh, as we've had in the past. And we've never had alternative places to move to. So for example, now in Texas, in Austin, Texas, there's a big tech hub there. Now that the pandemic has largely made commute times irrelevant, moving is easier and makes more financial sense. Even if you would look... I would say moving is exactly easier when, if you watch my episode, uh, my reaction to uh, Nerd Roddick leaving California, uh, technically he was um, he's still in San Diego as of this episode, but it, he didn't he didn't let anybody know just how hard it was for him to find a U-Haul truck until after he had moved to be able to get out of San Francisco. Uh, and the premiums that were being charged by U-Haul to even lend out basically uh, a U-Haul truck to move out of San Francisco because it was just a mass exodus overall. New York experienced the same thing, for which is why they have a problem over there when it comes to all these empty skyscrapers that don't have anybody living there anymore. People moved out to the Hamptons. They, instead of paying high rental rates in the city of New York during lockdown, um, first chance they got, they ended up buying their own place, buying their own place in, outside of New York City, but was still coming to New York for work in some cases cases. Uh, and in some and other cases, the extreme cases were those that moved out of New York. You probably heard about Andrew Cuomo trying to invite some of the people to move back. He's, oh, he'll, he'll buy them dinner or whatever, particularly the millionaires and billionaires that left there. A lot of them ended up uh, resorting to Florida. Now, with respects to that and the map that you saw, uh, one of the problems was that uh, you, would, you can't say so much about Oregon and Washington. They've already voted blue, so it wasn't really much of a change for anybody here in California. It was more of like a lateral shift for any, for, in terms of politics for anybody that already voted left and will still continue to vote left in Oregon and Washington. That just continued. But when it comes to Nevada, uh, that became a little more I guess you could say blue, but Arizona, which a lot of people were shocked during the election to see that it flipped blue, regardless of what questions you might have about what happened there. And in Texas, how some people were talking, this is actually up for contention when it normally voted red. Now you know why, if you didn't before, it has to do with Californians moving out. So I hope it's addressed here, which I doubt that it will be. But the problem is that the Californians that are moving out voted for the policies for why they're moving out. And the problem is they're basically turning those other states into California because they took whatever voting policies that they didn't like over here and they're still voting the same way over there uh basically ruining those local economies for why there's animosity towards california residents in more red states than blue states that are now looking purple or blue altogether look and say i wouldn't found a company in california now there are huge costs in actually relocating your company but those costs are less when a lot of your employees aren't in the office anyways and may not be coming back. And when California is saying we might raise taxes substantially while other states are saying we're okay, we're not raising them. In a study of more than 2,700 Bay Area workers, two of every three say they'd consider relocating if they could always work from home, something Dropbox, Twitter, and Facebook have offered with the caveat that moving out of California could trigger a pay cut. If I this is important. Because uh, if you're newer to my program, uh, particularly when it was just podcast, you might have missed this if you're not tuned into the podcast. Big tech 
was trying to address the housing crisis that we have here in California for one of the reasons why it's so expensive here. The housing affordability crisis is one of those reasons. That's always been a reason why people move out from the city, uh, further out some suburbs or the desert areas and commute one, two hours to get to work in the morning and two to three hours to get back home. Somehow that's a lot better than paying premiums to live closer to work in some places. And it's not about rent. Some people rent outside or uh, outside the city or end up buying altogether. So housing affordability has been an issue for the longest time because we have not built any anything new for sale. That's key because there's a lot of new rental buildings being put up, whether they're, they're apartment, um, luxury apartments or condos or whatever that are rented out. That's besides the point. The concern is the only thing that affects the consumer price index are in terms of home sales, of which there aren't any. A lot of it has to do with building codes that are antiquated, zoning laws that are antiquated, a lot of different things. And I covered it in one entire episode that's at least one hour long where I discuss every single thing about the housing affordability crisis. Now, with that being said, to alleviate some of that stress, uh, big tech companies like Facebook and Apple actually, and Microsoft too, uh, devoted to spend so much money, I think it was 2019 or late 2018, that they said they're going to shell out these millions of dollars for um uh, for low-income housing or uh, basically these these um, these apartment buildings that will be built around the areas of these businesses to house their employees. That was before the pandemic. What's going to become of all that now? I don't know. I don't even know those projects were ever completed. So there's a lot that's basically up in the air about what's happened. So now with remote work, uh, it's anyone's guess is what's happening now. I do know some people that ended up leaving altogether because they could work remotely that left the state. So maybe that's uh, more people will follow suit if they can't, if they can't afford to continue living here in California. I can live in Utah and work for a California company, or if a my California company can move to Texas and I can stay or move anywhere else, then suddenly it's a lot easier to make the tax and other business cost decisions the front of mind decisions. An Edelman Intelligence survey found that 53% of Californians are considering leaving the state with the desire highest among millennials. I wanted to understand what the rest of the world was. I didn't want to be stuck in my tech bubble for the rest of my life. And that's also one of the reasons I came to Austin early. I think it's a reasonable question to say at what point does the state break? We're seeing that tested right now as we see the remote work environment. Wealthy, influential individuals leaving recently include Oracle's Larry Ellison, Dropbox CEO Drew Houston, Palantir co-founder Joe Lonsdale, high-profile investors and influential personalities like Keith Rubboy, Tim Ferriss, Ben Shapiro, Peter Atia, and Joe Rogan, who's leaving California for Texas. I just Okay, and I did want to weigh in on that because uh, they mentioned Ben Shapiro and Joe Rogan on this list. I'm not entirely familiar with the other individuals, but most of you have heard about big tech companies that have left. Uh, they're one of the bigger reasons why California is known, mostly because of Silicon Valley. Uh, but it's not just them that have left. Uh, media types are leaving. I'm talking about media companies. Um, one of the, uh, the big deals would be, for example, um, Hollywood. Of course, everybody knows Hollywood. The the situation with that has been a big deal for a long time. The tax incentives to film out of the state have been present for why local unions have been upset about certain things. Some of the clauses that were put into uh, some of these contracts for movies and TV over the, I would say, at least the past decade, they've required 
um, certain uh, segments or, or aspects of the production to be done in California as a condition to do that movie with certain um, uh, union groups. Uh, for example, would be uh, film music uh, or, the, or the scoring side because I love film music and that's exclusively at www.thingersgo.com where I do the such a corner and talk about that. But uh, in that, uh, there was an issue where it was cheaper to uh, basically um, I guess you could say outsource your scoring recordings with different orchestras in, in Seattle Symphony Orchestra in Seattle, uh, the Utah Symphony Orchestra, and of course the London Symphony Orchestra across the pond entirely. Uh, but uh, some people preferred that. And when the budget would, one of the first budgets to always be cut down would be in the music because, like, well, if it doesn't work out with an organic score, let's just use a synthesized score, or whatever, cookie cutter, go, you know, go to the rubbish bin and pick something out. But uh, some of the local orchestras here were upset because they weren't getting any jobs because they were losing it to the outsource. And in some cases, it became part of the contract that uh, if this union that's involved with this contract is also representing some of the union members that are part of an orchestra that doesn't necessarily have to be part of the entire, uh, um, uh, the or like I would say, not just the orchestra, but like uh, um, some of the production crew members that are not related to music, but if they're all represented, it became a thing where that you have to use this orchestra for which is why it made budgets go higher in certain cases. So sometimes instead of having to film here with bits and pieces, they took the entire production out of here. You probably heard a lot about stuff being filmed in Georgia altogether and then moved to other states and stuff like that. Believe me, it, it's a mess. So it's not just big tech. That's to, that's to drive home a point that even Hollywood has experienced this for quite some time and it's gotten crazier and quietly uh, for, for the most part to be done out of the state. I just want to go somewhere in the center of the country, yep. somewhere it's easier to travel to both places and somewhere where you have a little bit more freedom. Elon Musk also cited freedom as a major reason for his move to Texas, criticizing California's strict handling of the pandemic. Last May, Musk openly defied California shutdown orders by reopening his plant, facing strong reactions from some politicians. If you're smart enough to build SpaceX, PayPal, Tesla, maybe we should have sat down with you and asked you, what do you need to be more successful in California? And then there's all the other non-pandemic related regulations that come with living in a blue state. Democrats hold a veto-proof supermajority in both houses of the California state legislature. What some call progressive policies, others see as unfriendly to business. We really. That was a 2008 article. 2020 has come and gone. It's even worse now. Become highly regulatory when it comes to fuel use, automobile emissions, all those types of things. Water, cap and trade to try to keep businesses from polluting too much. That's an imposition for some folks. All these things together make it more costly to do business in this state. CNBC measures states on more than 60 different metrics in 10 key categories of competitiveness. In 2019, Virginia, Texas and North Carolina took the top three spots. California came in 32nd and came in last when judged on the cost of doing business. When it comes to tax structure for business, the Tax Foundation ranks California at the very bottom also, with only New Jersey ranked lower. What businesses are finding is that they're able to create much more value for their shareholders. They're able to generate higher profits. They're able to hire very high quality workers at lower salaries in other places. While tax rates increase based on how much you make, California's top marginal income tax rate of 13.3% is far higher than any other state. New York's, for example, is 8.8%. This 
is a personal income tax form in California. I never want to see one of these in the great state of Texas. Nine states, including Texas, have no individual state income tax on wages. Now, these states all have other taxes that offset this to some degree. Texas has high property taxes. Washington has gone after businesses with a lot of unique business taxes. But nonetheless, when you look at California, that's high on almost every tax across the board, even a state that has some trade-offs can look really good. There are groups working on incentives to keep businesses and innovators in the state, even if they're looking to leave high Bay Area costs behind. You can take that Bay Area-level income and it goes so much farther. The Greater Sacramento Economic Council launched a campaign to attract remote workers with newfound flexibility. Okay, I don't want to get into the discussion of what is and what is not good in terms of uh, of taxes and tax rates because some people might consider it political. The, the, the downside is that there's no way to talk about taxes without coming across as political. And depending on what side of the political aisle you fall on, what side of the fence you find yourself on, odds are you already have a view of, of taxes and if someone's paying enough or not paying enough. But what, you're, what you see here, what happens when you tax, you try to target a tax to those that supposedly have it all and they have the means to leave, and those taxes were to fund programs that were turned, uh, that were established, and now there's nothing to fund it because those individuals have left. Instead of cutting out those programs, because a lot of the super liberal majority here in the state, instead of cutting the programs or at least getting them down in size, they look elsewhere to try to get the, the money from, of which there isn't any. So what do they end up doing? They end up passing the bill onto the people they were supposedly pretending to to serve because they were going after the the haves and and the process and the punishing the have-nots because a lot of the have-nots, as was mentioned here, those that try to leave but have the high cost of as a wall as a deterrent to leave from here don't and then they're kicked while they're down. So uh, that's that's the fact of the matter of what happens here in California, regardless of where you might stand politically. That's just the nature of how things react. So it's not about how someone feels. It's about what actually happens on a day-to-day in California as a business owner or as a or as a, a the average citizen that goes to work to a nine-to-five job. Um, they end up getting um, the, the the short end of the stick in all this. So anyway, let's continue. I told all three of my kids that are in their 20s, if I'm starting my life in my 20s and I'm picking any place in the world to start it, I'm picking California. On a state level, California has approved giving more than $73 million in tax credits to 22 high growth companies over the next five years through its California Competes income tax credit. But the application process is highly competitive. Still, California's business taxes are some of the highest in the nation and certain cities tack on even more. San Francisco just passed what they call the overpaid CEO tax, where companies will start paying taxes depending upon the ratio of the CEO salary to the median worker at the location. So what happens when those CEOs leave the... Hey, never mind. Let's keep going. While the super wealthy may be fleeing disproportionately high taxes, the cost of living comfortably is a consideration for everyone in California. I always rented when I was in the Bay Area. I never had enough money to buy a house there. I bought my first house here in Austin. You can live 20, 30 minutes away and have a house for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars and have a nice little backyard and a place for your dog to roam around and a place for your kid to play. Having a little bit more space and um, you know, land and it just it just feels right. 
Realtor Scott Shepard relocated his family from Riverside, California to Northern Idaho in 2019. All of our major line items across the board are significantly lower at the rate of 30 to 40 percent. You know, we've got $1.98 for a gallon of gas. Shepard runs ExitCalifornia.org, one of a growing number of online relocation companies helping people move. He says about twice as many people have been reaching out about the service since the pandemic began. Lots of restrictions, lots of regulations, freedoms being taken away. Housing is impossible in California. We are, by all estimates, between three and four million units short of housing. Okay, I want to piggyback off that because I'm, uh, it's something that I've talked about before. These figures might be a little, a little dated now, but uh, for us um, realtors, we have not had our economic uh, forum update yet. That's supposed to be every February, so I'm about a month ahead of that, but we'll see how it's all handled, particularly because last year was a year unlike any other in recent history, so we'll see how all that plays out. But in the last official um, meeting that we had that was proper, in talking about the issues with housing units, we're talking about a state that gained, I would say, 50, uh, about 15 million more residents in a decade, but still turning over the same amount of units in that same time period. Basically, what it means is this. We had nearly a doubling of the population, but we still have the same property, and that's being turned over. So let's say we had this mass exodus, right? So we have mass exodus. How is it that we still have an inventory shortage in California? Well, easy. Tenants being converted to property owners. There's always a buyer for these properties. There's some people that can't afford to leave the state altogether, but they take their chances in buying here or they're high earners that chose to rent and they're renting really high more than a, a mortgage in some cases and realize, you know what? I can buy now and ended up buying. Anyway, a lot of factors. Let's keep going. Median single-family home in San Francisco right now costs about $1.6 million. Rent in San Francisco is easily five to $6,000 per month. Five to $6,000. I own an investment property that's not even a third of that. And that's at least two of these structures that you see here. So you multiply that and that means you're not hiring someone who is technologically advanced and skilled without paying them $150,000, $170,000 per year. And you simply don't need to pay that type of salary in Texas. Although California remains a top destination for people moving from other countries and rich transplants relocating from out of state, the White House reports nearly half of the country's unsheltered homeless people live on the streets of California. And a growing number of middle and low income people are moving out of state with the majority of those leaving reporting an annual income under $100,000. Whether they... And I have touched upon the homeless epidemic here in, in California before. Um, and you really want to highlight the two worst uh, cities that are affected by this. That would be San Francisco and Los Angeles in that order. Uh, and uh, I talked about this before, so I don't want to cover, retread that in the same territory. But we also had uh, um, the hepatitis epidemic that's, that spread among them. Um, interestingly enough, though, uh, COVID isn't one that's actually been a factor that's affected the homeless. At least it wasn't made public uh, for what we know. But anyway, the, the situation has been that, um, yeah, there's, there's more homeless than there have been. And we're home to the highest uh, uh, number of homeless in the country.
They are people at the car wash, baggers at the supermarket, attendees at the rest homes. And what are we doing to assure ourselves that we'll be able to keep that critical part of our employment infrastructure, those folks at the bottom, because we're toast without it. Of those surveyed by Edelman Intelligence, 53% cited housing as the primary motivator for relocating. Hiring in a state with a lower cost of living also helped Douglas get her startup off the ground. It opens up the ability for people to work for startups, the ability for people to not have to feel like they're paying their whole life savings for an apartment every month. And my ability as a business owner to be able to hire those people at a very reasonable and and fair rate, but a rate that's not going to be like a Google $450,000 a year right out of the gate type of thing. Meanwhile, the pandemic has robbed California of some positives once used to justify its high cost of living. When I went looking to raise money for my startup a few years ago, a lot of investors in San Francisco said, well, I want to be able to sit in on board meetings in person. You know, I will only invest within a 50 mile radius of San Francisco because I want to be able to sit on those board meetings. Well, now board meetings are conducted via Zoom and the minutes are distributed through email. Now, if you can work anywhere, you don't care. You can go somewhere else that has a lower cost of living and a lower cost of taxation. So a lot of states, not just California, but New York and other states that have historically banked on offering something unique have to worry that they're not so unique anymore. With an economy... Yeah, that's an interesting shot of, of the California freeway being empty. That's obviously taken during the, the time of the pandemic and lockdowns. ...bigger than many countries. Will California feel the impact of big companies leaving? And with super earners paying 40% of the state's tax revenues, can California afford to lose billionaires like Musk, one of the richest men in the world? Some states, like New Jersey, has actually had to amend budgets when a single billionaire left the state. California would not be at that point where Elon Musk leaving California means they have to amend their budget. But as he leaves and as companies like HP and Oracle and others relocate a significant amount of their operations, this has a huge impact both immediately and in the long term. The investments they would make, them being located in a different place, the employment opportunities. For those who have left, there are new challenges to contend with in new states, including resistance to Californians changing things elsewhere. This is not an invitation to simply transfer the of California to Texas. We Texans are very inviting to people from California, but that doesn't mean we want you to California or Texas. I don't want Austin to just become the next San Francisco. I think what we want is to have Austin's own unique culture uh, make startups that work. For a while there, I was a little bit insecure to let anyone know that I was from California. When I first moved here, I had California plates and I had individuals giving me a, a, a nice steady honk of the horn behind me on the freeway to, to let me know that they uh, weren't happy that I was in front of them. Um, that's what I was saying, uh, particularly in Texas, because it's become more of a purple state. Uh, I know because a lot of my family lives there um, on my mom's side, so I go there pretty often. And the last time I went to Austin, I was walking down the streets and I'm like, why does it feel like I'm in California? That's why Californians are there. Where Shepard moved in Idaho, as in other states, California transplants drive up housing prices. People who live here, they're getting priced out of the market. I mean, you've got 10, 15 
potentially even 20 people making an offer on the same property. And there are certainly things to miss about the Golden State. My heart still, you know, has a piece of California in it. It's a beautiful state and it has so many wonderful things about it. I still have family there, but until I I see things changing statewide, I don't anticipate things changing anytime soon. And I had mentioned this before um, when I covered, when I used to do the news roundup uh, on a monthly basis on my program last year before the pandemic changed all of that, uh, there was a talk about, uh, there was a local area in Idaho that wouldn't um, actually not, it prioritized local residents first when it came to bidding for properties, and it, but the locals were being priced out. It's kind of like the idea of, you know, when a, a Walmart moves in and mom and pop shops go out of business because they're they're able to price things at a more competitive rate. In this case, the inverse, the Californians are moving in with a lot more money that I'd be able to put down, which is hilariously uh, one of the reasons why some Californians can't buy here because foreigners from a different country come over here with their cash and buy out uh, or outbid uh, um, local Californians that cannot afford to put that much cash down. Still, a few big names like Twilio CEO Jeff Lawson and Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky have committed to staying in the state and specifically the Bay Area. If enough feel that way, that could work. The challenge is is that at some point they'll do the calculation of, okay, what would my books look like if I was in California, San Francisco versus where I in Texas. And many of the biggest Silicon Valley-based companies haven't announced any plans to leave. Google, Apple, they are doing so well that the last thing they have to think about is moving. It's very much in their interest to stay here and get the latest of what's going on. Mine, if you will, these beautiful mines at places like Stanford and Cal. But if California's people are the true draw, will it lose its edge if enough of them leave? Some say there's a tipping point at which the flow of businesses and people out of California outpaces its incubation of fresh ideas that entices businesses to come and to stay. It's a challenging issue that California faces, uh, and there's really no solution other than to make the state more competitive in terms of business costs and taxes and in terms of housing costs. Until that's done, California will probably continue to lose businesses to other states. For now, big tech stakeholders will watch to see how legislators handle upcoming proposals. Some would target tech companies specifically, taxing data or digital services. One of the worst things you could do right now is signal to these companies that are on the fence if you stay, the taxes are going way up. But that's the conversation we're having right now. And there comes a point in which a lot of businesses are going to say, we don't need to be in California and increasingly we can't afford to be. Other proposals could... Um, as I mentioned, one of the main reasons before we get to this whole corporate income tax thing, uh, this, this video is almost up. One of the big drivers is um, the cost of living here. And um as much as i'm opposed to proposition 19 uh, some people are going to believe the promises of proposition 19 and resort to actually do something about their property such as selling uh not going to get into the whole details of proposition 19 so you haven't seen anything any of my videos regarding that or any of my posts regarding that i recommend you check it out i'll try to leave for those of you watching on youtube i'll try to leave a link to the playlist of proposition 19 down in the description down below um and i'll also put it in the descriptions uh, across uh, Odyssey and Rumble. Now, for those of you watching uh, at com, I'm assuming you've already know what I'm talking about, but I'll leave some of those episodes that are most important embedded in the post, in the show notes accompany this episode there. Now, uh, 
if the price of, of the cost of living can come down in the next uh, two years, it might put a, a, a big slowdown to the uh, to the mass exodus. But I do not see this happening entirely as uh, the California Association of Realtors is hoping it plays out, particularly as um, as well. Uh, people are going to try to sell these things high. They're not going to try to sell them low. Anyway, let's keep going. Could raise the corporate income tax to more than double the rate in all but one other state or push the combined federal California top marginal tax rate to a whopping 53.8%. I'm hopeful state legislators will take a step back and ask themselves, we better not do this. We're risking the state's economic future. We should make California a more friendly state to do business in. We don't want to drive away any more really incredibly productive, innovative people. We've had massively bad recessions. We had a $35 billion budget shortfall in 2001. It cost the governor's job, but we've had those before. Somehow we come back, but you never know when that time is going to be the last. This was excellent. I'm giving it a thumbs up. This has been one of the longest reaction video episodes, so I'm going to call it on this one. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the note, wherever it is that you're watching. Anybody you think that will benefit from some information that I share, by all means, share this with them. I only grow with your assistance, and your independent content creators can appreciate that too if you give them a like, share, and subscribe too, because we're all fighting against the algorithm. A lot of changes have happened over the past 18 months that have affected us, and it's hurt big time, but uh, uh, the word spreading. So thank you so much to those of you that have. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on the next one.